What's up, everyone? Welcome back to episode 68 of Spiceworks On The Air pre-show podcast. It's been a little while, so we've been on a little bit of hiatus, and we are back. And we're here with a really good one, I think. We're going to be talking uh, about our next show, which is on June the 26th at 10 a.m. Central Time with CenturyLink. We're going to be talking all about Cisco Meraki and uh, what you guys need to know about it, not just from a monitoring, but also a security and potentially an LTE backup perspective as well. Uh, our guest today uh, is Juan O'Flo, also known as Juan Hernandez, who's been using Meraki for all of these things and more. So we wanted to bring him on the show today to find out exactly what his experience has been. So without further ado, here is Juan. On the line today, we are joined by none other than Juan O'Flo in the community, otherwise known as Juan Hernandez. Juan, welcome to the show today. How's it going today? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. It's been it's a beautiful day, and so we're just enjoying that here in, in good old Virginia. All right, wonderful. Well, we are excited to have you in for our uh, June the 26th episode of On the Air, sponsored by CenturyLink. We're going to be talking all about uh, Meraki which I know you are a big fan of. And so that's why I wanted to get you on the horn today to just kind of chat through um, a little bit of your experience and, and to kind of touch on some of the topics we'll be discussing. So, um, you know, one of the things I find that's interesting about people's Wi-Fi networks in particular, it seems like everybody is just really challenging in different ways than everyone else. No one has the same set of Wi-Fi problems as everyone else. Theirs is always a little bit unique and different. Um, can you talk to us today a little bit about some of the biggest challenges that you face with your users, your devices, your networks when it comes to offering that that Wi-Fi to the people that need it? Well, one of, one of the big things here, we're a big manufacturing environment. So for us, it's very important that, you know, that the Wi-Fi is available despite all the steel that's around in a steel building and all the different motors that are running and things like that. So so actually getting a good signal um, is, is probably the biggest challenge. Um, so we just we have to make decisions as where to saturate the where to saturate the environment, um, you know where not to, what kind of uh, what, what kind of power to shoot off the antennas and so on. So that that becomes a challenge for us. But I think that the other two big things are security and availability and and then monitoring for us as well. Um, in in our environment, we need we kind of we use our wireless to separate to create VLANs for certain particular groups of of devices and so on. So for us, being able to one make that available to those devices and two secure it and monitor becomes a, a bit of a challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you bring up a good point about the machinery. I hadn't even thought of that because I know at my house, I hate to say this, but when my microwave is on, our Wi-Fi is down. So I can only imagine for you guys with all the machinery. I mean, how do you guys get that to work? Is is Are you guys able to work around that level of just straight up metal and machinery in your in your buildings? Or do you just accept that there are just certain parts where, where Wi-Fi is not going to be available? Well, we, we definitely go through what we, you know, at first the the issues came up and we were trying to figure out what, what would be the best way to address it and so on. And, you know, I, I think that sometimes just saturating the environment and then working your way back from there, kind of pulling back where you can just to make it so that, yeah, you have the, the, the right amount of wireless coverage. Uh, but you're not creating, you know, issues with with channels overlapping and so on. And the other thing is, is that you kind of then look at the environment and say, okay, what are our travel paths? What are the the areas where we actually need coverage? Not we don't need to saturate the whole environment, but where is this guy with the mobile device actually 
going to be walking to? And can we get coverage to that area there to make sure that he can do his job and we're not creating more of, a, of an issue for ourselves later on? Mm-hmm. And then talk to me about security. Obviously, that's going to be different for every company. But with you guys, uh, you know, with working in manufacturing, you know, that's a little bit different than a retail shop. Do you guys find that, you know, is it the Wi-Fi security that that you're concerned with? Is it more kind of physical security um, considerations that you have to take into account? How do you guys, what, what are the ways that you guys manage that? Well, a little bit of both. And I, and I think that, you know, when you look at the environment, right, you have all these IoT devices that, that need to connect. And then you also have the mobile users that are using the equipment out on the floor that they need to connect as well. So you want to make sure that your wireless network is, one, accessible, right? It's easier for, to, to get a guy up and running and going. So if, if the device goes out or if you need to put in a new device, it's it, it's easy enough to get it configured quickly, connected quickly, and on that wireless network so he can continue doing his job. But at the same time, uh, make sure that that connection protocol, the way you're connecting and the way you're setting that up, the way you're authenticating to the system is secure enough so that, you know, so that you're not introducing any kind of malicious uh, devices or anything like that into your network. Um, and, you know, for the physical as well, um, we have pretty good controls over our ports here in the network, especially out on the manufacturing floor. We don't want a vendor or anyone just plugging into a, to an open network port somewhere and, hey, you know, I can get on just because I need to get on the internet kind of thing. Um, the wireless does present a little bit more of a challenge because it's not like a physical network port that you can just turn off. But with the wireless, we kind of pay a little bit more attention to to how we can connect. Um, one of the other things that we do is we we schedule our guest network. So if if uh, we know that we're not going to have a vendor coming in that's going to need it or we're not going to have customers in that are going to need to connect to the wireless network, um, that guest network is, is shut off completely. So we don't have the stragglers sitting out in the parking lot trying to get on our uh, on our network watching Netflix and so on. Cool. And then can you talk to me about you know your usage of Meraki. I know that a lot of folks really like Meraki for its ease of management, but from a security perspective, what does the, the using Meraki afford you in order to help accomplish your security goals? The granularity is one of the things, and, and by that I mean is is you're able to to target. Uh, a certain VLAN, you're able to target a certain, um, even a certain device by putting it into into its own group, and you're able to to target that with individual layer seven um, rules, layer uh, and 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 layer three uh, rules as well, so that you can make sure that. If you have one device that only needs specific access to one thing, that then you can kind of tailor that security structure around that device to, j- just to be able to give it access to that. Um, you can do the same thing with with users. You can do the same thing with SSIDs as well. And the fact that you can then go on and monitor that and 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 be able to capture the data. And and say, hey, you know, this guy is not supposed to be connecting to this. And look at the event logs, and you can see exactly where the device is trying to connect to, and so on. And and it helps you investigate those issues a little bit better. So I think that being able to to not only um, secure the device down to to like the individual devices, but to also to be able to capture that data and to be able to see when that device is either doing something malicious or doing something that looks kind of suspicious or so on, and, and being able to then take action on that is 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 a it's a, it's a pretty big deal for us, especially um, 
small IT department like myself. I mean, I, I've been here by myself for 17 years. Finally was able to hire someone. So for me to be able to have that visibility without, you know, having a, a whole networking department and so on, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge deal for me. Now, what about from just a monitoring uh, perspective in general, right? So not just identifying the security threats, but being able to see the status of the network, who's connected to it, and uh, if there's anything that you need to do, what are kind of, in your opinion, the best parts of uh, working with the Meraki platform? I think the best part to that is just the, like, like the quick visuals. Um, I am able to look at a switch and look at all the ports and um, get a quick visual of how the port has been performing in the last, you know, the last two hours, the last day, the last week, the last 30 days, and so on. Um, Meraki has done a really good job at color coding the, the 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 interface so that you're able to see a port and be and easily see when there was a problem, and then you can go and dig into that issue and kind of figure out what was going on. So that was one of the biggest things for us. I mean, initially, we started out with just an MX appliance, and quickly after seeing how much data was available to us and how easy it was to just be able to to see that data, we decided to get some switches in there as well and now access points. And I think that that makes it um, easier for us to be able to to kind of make decisions on, on the environment. So the monitoring is a, is, a, is a huge component to us to being able to manage this environment. And we're growing and growing um, every day. Uh, from my Meraki dashboard, I, I managed... Uh, three physical locations, one in Ottawa, Kansas, one in Winchester, Virginia, and then another one here in Virginia across town. So I'm able to, to manage all those three locations from one single pane of glass, which is pretty cool. Awesome. And uh, one of the last things that we'll be talking about at the show, um, and it's a little bit new for a lot of folks, is the idea of using LTE as a network backup. Now, you guys have been using this for a while. Can you talk to us about your experience? What did you guys look into it for and how has it worked out so far? Initially, what we did was um, when it started, when we we, we opened up our, our our facility in Ottawa, Kansas. Um, being in the middle of Kansas somewhere, uh, it was very difficult to get uh, broadband service out there. So initially, we we had um, <clears throat> we had dual T ones going to a facility, which was the best we can do at the time. Then we were finally able to get fiber, and then what we decided was we also need a backup because this site is completely dependent on the headquarters because it's a remote site and they they RDP back to to us here and um, they have some services there that need to communicate real time with the environment here so that we can keep track of the machines out there and how they're doing. So we needed to find a way that was that was cost effective and would give us the the, uh, the redundancy, the backup uh, connection connectivity that we needed. And um, when we when we put the Meraki device out there, it had a port us and it said, "Wait, we support LTE devices to be able to as a failover." And I was like, "This is great because it's the ideal solution. It's very cost effective because we just uh, pop the device right into our existing um, uh, broadband uh, LTE provider account, and it's it's a low cost solution to an issue that that." Otherwise, could have cost us upwards of you know five hundred to a thousand dollars a month just to be able to provide a, a redundant uh, failover connection to that device. Cool. So as LTE becomes more and more prevalent across more areas in across the world, do you feel like this is something that all organizations should be looking into? 
I think so, absolutely. I mean, like I said, I keep saying it's cost effective, and I mean the, the price of, of of wireless connectivity, as far as as you know, uh, of all these wireless carriers are, are concerned, is going down. Um, and as they start putting more and more um, capabilities out on their networks, I think it, it's it, it only makes sense to do it. Um, a lot of providers aren't expanding uh, fiber anymore, so you're either looking at what what already existing. Or come up with another, you know, way to 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 get the services out to where you need it. So I, I think the LTE kind of is almost is like almost a no brainer. Well, there you have it. Well, Juan, thank you so much for taking the time out to hang out with us today. Uh, if you guys are interested in hearing more from Juan, again, make sure to check out our June twenty sixth. On the air, we're going to be on at 10 a.m. Central Time, our usual time, talking with CenturyLink. Uh, and uh, we'll be having Juan as well as a representative from CenturyLink talking a little bit more about all of these things. So you're not going to want to miss it. Uh, Juan, uh, thanks again. Safe travels. And uh, we'll see you soon in Austin. You got it, man. Take care. Take care. Bye.